Welcome, everybody, to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 105 for Tuesday, April 20th. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Farbod Markazi and Alex Rudy. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. I'm feeling old. but <laughs> As uh... you should be. Happy, happy late birthday, by the way. Every... Everybody listening wants to, to send their birthday wishes to Mr. Farbode over here. Uh, he's an old man, just just like the rest of us now. He's catching up. Yeah, That's definitely how aging getting, works. Yeah, we're getting old. Yeah, man. Is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I told you already, you get used to it. You get used to that feeling. We're, we're heading into the demographic of a traditional baseball fan. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Very nice, very nice. Well, today we are going to talk about all of the recent news from Major League Baseball this past week, as we usually do. There was another no-hitter, back-to-back weeks with one of those, another unsuspecting pitcher to get it done as well. The Padres and Dodgers may well have played the most exciting series of the regular season already, and we are two weeks into the season, and I think that's a pretty safe statement to make if they are able to give us another series or even another game that matched the excitement of that first series then i'm all for it but seems doubtful based on what happened there we'll talk about it more and panic time for yankees fans it's 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 always panic time for yankees fans but for real this time they're off their worst start since what was it 1997 i believe it was in terms of record and what you're in so poorly for them you know so oh yeah you'll pack your bag and go home Mm, yep it's it's done it's done so and they can't beat the rays right that's that's the real the real issue here but i'm missing i'm missing the <laughs> way here uh before we get into that conversation I'm, I, I just want to point out that i'm missing ray so i'm clearly in the minority of the yankee fans on this podcast right now i'm not yeah you're outnumbered you're, today you're... we're talking the yankees and you can't stop us sorry you get outvoted this i yeah. i really wish ray was here to talk about that that Dodgers Padres series because he he always has fun takes about that whole uh, budding rivalry. Let's get into it, shall we? Let's start with the no hitter because you can't you can't have a week with a no hitter and not make that the headline. But the biggest part of it was who threw it. It was Carlos Rodon. You might recognize that name, the bright, budding, up and coming top prospect from the White Sox. Almost, I, I I say almost a decade, decade ago. Uh, legitimately, though, probably five or six years since he was buzzed about as one of the top pitching prospects breaking into the big leagues. Never really put it together. Dealt with a lot of injuries over the last couple years. And, you know, really struggled to come back. Ended up signing back with the White Sox after getting released by them because this is where he wanted to be and this is where he knew he had a good chance to to be part of a winning team and it was it was just a great night obviously for him but for everybody that that enjoys a good comeback story and to put the I don't know to just taint it ever so slightly had a perfect game through eight innings and lost it on a hit by pitch off, shoelace. off yeah off the toe through a back foot slider on a two strike count and hit Roberto Perez 
on the top of the shoe. Nothing he could do there. You know, it was just a bad pitch either. Again, yeah, it was just really unfortunate. And Rodon kind of laughed it off. He's like, man, are you kidding me? Like, that got you? Oh, man. But again, that that game capped off by the no hitter. Slightly, slightly less uh, memorable than it could have been, obviously, if, if he had finished off the perfect game. Uh, just I mean, exciting. No hitter. It still was. It was a really good performance. The fastball velocity, you could tell he was amped up, throwing fastballs harder than he's ever thrown before. And you wonder, where where is all this coming from? You know, early in the game, this was a, a game where the White Sox had a huge lead. He even says in his post game that he was throwing a little bit more free and easy because he knew he was working with a sizable lead. That probably helped him a lot in this case, and had a little help as well. A couple pieced up balls right at people. That always will happen. Jose Abreu made a spectacular lunging play to the bag. Uh, really putting his body on the line there to secure that out. Really close play at first base. And we all know how close plays at first base in near-perfect games go. So, you know, that one actually got called correctly, though. Uh, I've done a lot of talking about the the setup, the context of, of what was going on there. But I, I guess I should ask you guys. I'll ask you first, Rudy. In... Carlos Rodon's career specifically as somebody who I know you are aware of as a top prospect even uh what's like what's what's he looking like going forward because he was a known commodity back then or seemingly can't miss dealt with a lot of struggles and injuries a combination of the two and now comes out and has performance like that was pretty good in spring training leading up to this year too looked really good early in the season altogether and just like where is he now what what type of contributor can he be now overall yeah i mean i think you know he was drafted third overall in the 2014 draft of north carolina state and i don't think i even realized that he had be like become so downtrodden like i 2015 doesn't even feel that long ago. Like, I distinctly remember him being, like, a top prospect, like you mentioned in the beginning. And, like, I didn't even realize, like you mentioned, how he got non-tendered. And I, I really had no idea his career had uh, slid so down that he had suffered. He basically barely pitched in the past two seasons. Like, I totally lost track of him. And, you know, I picked him up in fantasy the day before that no-hitter. Oh, okay. <laughs> Flex I on really, us. <laughs> I feel pretty responsible for his success at the moment. I just hope it continues. Um, I, in a serious note, I, I, I mean, obviously that's not a sustainable performance, but do I see any reason he can't return to his previous level at minimum, which was like a solid three starter? I don't see any reason why that's not like out, other than possibility. I mean, it, you know, he definitely never lived to quite the hype that he set, but um, I mean, he had four very solid years um, starting in 2015, which is basically right after getting drafted, that he was, you know, productive. Um, and so, you know, 
that the only team that already has some very good pitchers in the rotation, I, I don't see any reason why uh, Rodon can't be, uh, you know, a contributor. It's not like, you know, yes, there's Giolito who got lit today. Yes, there's Win, but you know, between Kopech and Cease, and uh, I'm not even pronounce Garrett's last name, so I'm no, I'm gonna mess it up. Um, <laughs> croquet, perhaps, but croquet, croquet. I don't know. Garrett Croquet. I don't think, I don't think any of those guys have a clear leg up on him. Um, those are all a bunch of guys who were all very highly ranked, but mixed bag performances in their professional careers and. You know, the big last thing I'll say about it is just like Rodon's just genuine, wholesome reaction to it was beautiful. I mean, he didn't have the care in the world, rightfully so, that he missed on the perfect game. His whole focus was just how lucky he was just to be there and do what he did. And I, I love that. It made me a fan of him instantly, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't, can't really say anything better than that. It's it's feel, go- feel good. I mean, his reaction definitely... It showed you, it kind of told you a story in just like that brief moment of like his career, of like uh, of that like like it told you a story of his brief of his career so far, in that just brief moment of getting like hitting the batter, it told you like, yeah he's he's just blessed to be in that situation. I mean, Uwe, you mentioned a little bit about his post game interview. This guy was shocked, stunned. Like I don't he was in disbelief that like I know many pitchers say like I can't believe it, I can't believe it, blah blah blah. But to have worked his way back through the trials and tribulations that come with major league baseball after being such a highly touted prospect, I mean this is just a very like it's a feel good moment. It's great Absolutely. So much fun to watch. Yeah, and if you haven't watched that post-game interview, go watch it. He is one of just the the coolest interviews ever. He's he's so calm and collected after something like that. He's just he's smiling, having a good time. You know, Rudy <laughs> when when he was asked right after he completed it, like, where's your mind right now? His answer it's on a toe ball, man. Like he was <laughs> he's upset about it, obviously, but He's still smiling, having a good time. Was asked, you know, if I told you two years ago that that you'd be here today throwing a no hitter for the White Sox, he said he would tell you to take a hike. You know, he's it, the juxtaposition from that to Musgrove's no hitter, which was just sheer excitement. Obviously, the first in their franchise history, huge, and Musgrove being a much more animated in that moment pitcher looked like he was gonna pop a blood vessel or something in his or pop a vein in his forehead just like you know so much so much hype versus this guy who's just coming in cool and collected after the fact uh just yeah really cool guy if you uh if that was your first introduction to him like a lot of people's uh was i'm sure then then yeah he's he's legitimately good you'll see more of him probably not another no hitter but he's He's kind of back. That's that's the whole takeaway. All right, let's talk Padres versus Dodgers. Where do we even? Wh- what was the the highlight of that? It, it probably was everything. It probably was the Mookie Betts game winning catch. If you had to pick one, right? I honestly I love the conversation between 
uh, Kershaw and Profar. Uh, I, I don't know if you all, if I, either of you saw that. What what initiated that? I didn't understand the initiation. Basically, uh, Kershaw threw strike three, and it was past right. Profar. Profar swung um, extremely late, and like he says it hit the catcher's glove. Um, they have, uh, so like, insinuate, insinuating, uh, like, catcher's interference. They have mm. the, um, they have the re- review, the replay, and it ends up, like, rewarding Profar for space. But the argument that I think John Boy was making from when I watched his uh, breakdown of it is, why does catcher interference count if the ball is passed and caught in the catcher's glove already and the catcher just swings the bat? I mean, the batter just swings the, the bat um, afterwards. Like, is that what what like how how how's that a play? And then Profar and uh, Kershaw just went back and forth. Kershaw was pretty upset that like that was even being reviewed or um, like a thing. But I mean, I thought that I think that was a pretty good like a pretty good tale of like what this series was this um this past week and what it will be for the rest of the year just wild and a lot of fun to watch Mm -hmm. yeah and then you also have yeah you've got the the intensity the fire the the apparent hatred that's brewing between the two clubs which is big for any rivalry it seems uh and then just the just the back and forth the the win probability changes throughout pretty much the whole series, but especially that Friday game where you got both the Dodgers big back end guys, Kniebel and uh, Jansen giving up, giving up the game. You go extras. You've got the runner on second. People are upset about it. it. Definitely adds excitement, but at the same time, like what's going on? The Dodgers end up winning with the convincing 11 to 6 score but a way closer game than that final score would would indicate for sure um just to to kind of give you a little bit more insight to what happened that series if somehow you didn't you didn't catch any of it uh Rudy did you have like one one thing that we haven't talked about that that stood out to you from that series as well before I get too far past here you know not to get too sidetracked into my usual like for business macro tangent but i did think it was it was interesting to see like from uh it it was like the first probably part of the season so far except for opening day that i feel like kind of caught more national conversation and attention because of the quality of play and the fact that it was felt like you know a championship level matchup in the regular season um that I felt like the first big kind of moments of the year. I think, I think that's, uh, I mean, it's obviously important, but I think it's, it's going to be interesting going forward. Like what other parts, what other matchups in this, in this season will bring that level of hype. Um, now don't get me wrong. Um, both of these teams are very good. One of the vibes I got from this series as a whole, and one of the reasons it might've been so highly tense was I feel like the Dodgers, not necessarily like they're upset that like everyone has been talking about the Padres. And I mean, for rightfully so, but more so they're like, hey guys, we're still here and we're better than you. And they're still our little brother. Um, Like it, like it feels like that's part of what like the Dodgers overall motivation is because they're still without a doubt, at least in my eyes, 
best team on this planet. They're insane. Um, I, I have, I am looking forward to the rest of the season and seeing how the Padres um, play and like how how they. I mean, it's not like they're having a bad season. It's not like they're a bad team. They're a very good competitive team. But to me, my the vibe I got mostly from the series was the pot, the Dodgers were like. Y'all forgot about us. We're still we're still the big brother here. We're still better. Man, nobody nobody's forgotten about the Dodgers. I think they're still the consensus best team in baseball. And you just seeing the as advertised matchup on full display. You know, seeing Blake Snell rematch the Dodgers, that's a big thing that maybe gets lost in the shuffle there. Did okay. Didn't do didn't do amazing but i didn't even think of that that's awesome yeah you have that you have you darvish former dodger you know a little bit uh questionable performance wise for that team has to go against him in a matchup that's always fun even since he was with the cubs that's that's always a storyline it it's just so full of storylines that you can't you can't even wrap your head around everything happening we didn't even talk about the fact that tatis was activated from the injured list after a very scary looking shoulder injury that we went in a lot more depth last week on but the general sense was that this is this seems fast even if even if he is okay this seems like a very ambitious return time for a seemingly risky injury a lot of potential for more severe re-injury in in that particular case but he's fine he made it he made it through the weekend homered on on friday night i believe it was as well didn't do much else the rest of the series but yeah it's just numerous things that you could you could pick out of this and, and point to and say why is nobody talking about that? Well, it, it's just there's too many things. What do you want? <laughs> but yeah, just to summarize, I want you to talk about it. Isn't that why we're here? We we just we just did. I I, I picked out a couple more things that were of of really big note there. Um, didn't oh so uh, you know here you want a weird one? Uh, Trevor yes. Bauer in that uh in that Sunday game, or I guess Justin Turner was the uh the main feature of this play i don't know if any of you saw it little pop-up to the third base side turner has a little trouble with it moves around to the wind a bit makes the catch on the run and is right next to the base trips over the base completely face plants right there and trevor bauer just just looks over there gives him the safe a very emphatic safe call right away that that's just a fun one maybe maybe not as big a storyline but another little nugget from an already entertaining series um yeah i don't i don't know i don't have a whole lot else for you on the baseball side of things both of these teams are just really really good we have not been able to determine which one of them has the clear edge in any given matchup well the dodgers did win the series they won two games to one all right we talked a lot about those teams again sad ray's not here to give his take <laughs> i thought farbode there for a sec was channeling him and saying and and when, when he called the the padres the dodgers little brother because uh, that is definitely the attitude of the dodgers fans 
and you know that they definitely swarm to San Diego for their for what Dodgers fans consider their second home ballpark. <laughs> so, uh, it's going to be a great series all year. Let's move on, though. We have talked about that plenty. Something we'll, we'll move to something we never talk about in the podcast, and that would be the Yankees. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. They're just a you know, smaller rocket team. Don't don't get much media buzz. Uh, but but we'll pay attention to the Yankees. Don't worry. They have lost seven straight series to the Rays. First off, which it's not great. It's not what you want. Mm. <laughs> Can I just point to the John Heyman nobody asked you tweet Please. saying Please do. Yeah. Say basically saying the Yankees have lost seven straight series to the Rays. It's not it you know, not even close. What kind of rivalry is like how is this even a rivalry? Like, dude, it, it, that is the most look at the record surface level take. Asinine. Completely ridiculous. I mean, did you watch the playoffs last year? It was arguably the most butt-clenching series. Even I'm biased as a Yankees fan, but that game going the way that it went five games and the way in which it ended, just the the heat coming off of both of these teams from, from the early in the season, hit by pitches and in benches clearing like how do you not just you can just turn the tv on for five minutes during any of these games and be able to tell okay yeah that's a rivalry right there and it's a rivalry that still makes so little sense because of how seemingly outmatched the rays are on paper to the juggernaut huge salary yankees and they just have their number in almost every regard. It seems like no matter what lineup they're putting out, somebody has Garrett Cole's number, at least enough to give them a lead and, and shut down the Yankees. And Joey Wendell, dude, like, what, how and where? Like, this guy, out of nowhere, just becomes the Yankees' nightmare. So that is my initial reaction to the Yankees' Dom- getting dominated by the Rays. Completely ridiculous to say that's not entertaining because it is incredibly tense and contentious and is every bit as entertaining as Padres Dodgers, just just different, right? Because the Rays are they're not built like either of those teams. I think that's, that's the biggest change uh, when you're looking at that. But in terms of how much they're like just at each other's throats it's the same level of excitement uh, I'll, th- I'll, Yankees, I'll throw it to you guys now you, you take take uh, over for me <laughs> um so i mean i guess one of the things uh, maybe this should have been saved for the overreactions pile but um is it i'll, I'll ask the yankees fans it, it is yeah. it time to panic no we're so Absolutely bad. Not. We we made Jay Bruce retire. That's that's <laughs> the take I'm I'm going with there. No, no. Uh, first of all, the the I have to address the Heyman elephant in the room. The, the weekly. He doesn't even make sense. Can I just throw us out here. 
I never even considered the fact that me and the Rays were rivals, or not me, the Yankees, excuse me, <laughs> for the simple, like, there, you can't develop a rivalry in, like, five, I guess, like, to me, it hasn't been enough time that we've been peers to look at it that way. I mean, that's a very elitist take, I understand, but, like, the Yankees and the Rays have only been good at the same time for about a decade, and was, how many playoff series have we played against each other in that time? Well, that, I think that's the only one. I'm pretty sure. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But, I mean, th- at the end of the day, the Rays have, in in that time span, have, I, I believe, less division titles than us and less ALCSs. And yes, they did make a World Series, I understand. But they've also not won any. And we made the playoffs more times in that period. And I get it, like, they're a minnow. I'm not. I'm not saying they don't deserve. I, it definitely is a rivalry. My only. Um, I. I should reevaluate in those terms. My only point is that Heyman's measurement of it. I just like. I know I'm being overly sensitive about it, but like I just don't see how it sticks to any scrutiny. And maybe that's just my bias. But in terms of why I'm not panicking, I mean the Yankees are 27th in BABIP right now. I really think they're. Offense is going to not be that horrible the entire season. Um, and I don't believe in having preposterous, genuine takes on April 19th of a baseball season. And finally, they're also, um, you know, they always start off slow. I mean, that's just that's just the thing. I mean, they literally won the World Series in that year we joked about earlier, 1997, with a similarly horrible record. And so come back to me in July if we still have the worst record in the league and then we can start panicking. <laughs> they, have, they have the same team OPS as the Texas Rangers. And just one point worse than the Baltimore Orioles and in the same ballpark as the Detroit Tigers. So you buy that? You think it's gonna last? No, that's that's the point I'm trying to make. It, there's no, no, like okay. it still it, makes it, me sad though. <laughs> it, it, it's a, like it, the fact that people like are saying, "Ha the Yankees suck," or like, um, or whatever they they want to say. Their pitching is top ten baseball right now. I think. Um, is it? They're, wow. I, I think so. I, last I checked, like they're they're pitching fine. It's like. Put it all together. It's April nineteenth. My, my gosh! Like, they got time, and I think people are overreacting. They they should be. Um, everyone who's saying the Yankees suck should. I mean, um, take part of our overreaction segments. I mean, yeah, that's by that that's, logic. But the, I'm sorry to interrupt. By the logic the people are using, why aren't the Red Sox being lauded as the best team in baseball, or the Mariners? Like it. It's like it does. Like at least be or consistent. The Reds. Like at least say that if the Yankees are so are so you know poopy and need to panic, let's celebrate and say how good those teams are and how much accomplishment they have. And I don't think I I mean I I don't see anyone touting you know Kendall Graveman's excellent closing season anywhere. I I haven't either. I that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> to be honest. Um, dude, it's, it's so different this year too, just because it's not because everybody's hurt. We're so used to that. We're numb to that. Like throw everybody on the aisle. We know we'll get it back and 
you know, things will be fine, we'll make the playoffs. Everybody's healthy and everybody's just sucking wind out there. Nobody's hitting on a, on the roster, which is what really takes the wind out of the sails as a fan. You, definitely not going to overreact and say that, like, this lineup just can't work because obviously it works. It's worked in the past and they're just too talented for it not to work. But you look at it and you're and you can't help but think what what's wrong. You stack up so so much to the point where it can almost be considered overkill with the kind of lineup they have, and you still kind of come up short in every way. Uh, that's the disappointing part, I think. If if they were injured, then it would be just another year, right? But no, this is a little different to start it off. And watch, now that I said that, everybody's going to get injured. That's not what I meant, baseball <laughs> gods. All right, well, I've ruined You just jinxed your team I've so ruined bad. him so bad. Well, that's all right. Jay Bruce, have a happy <laughs> retirement. He gave the first <laughs> base experiment to go. He was, he was not great. Uh, he's had a nice career, though. I saw. You know what? To segue into the weird stuff that we're going to end off the podcast with, or I guess we'll do some overreactions too. But to segue into a bunch of weird stuff that we'll rattle off now, uh, Jay Bruce kind of ruined a very fun baseball fact. Uh, I believe the number was 314 career home runs. The the only players, Prince Fielder, Cecil Fielder, that would have been fun, right? And Jay Bruce. <laughs> he's, he's crashed the family photo on that one. On that baseball nugget, so yeah, there the you go. The third fielder, we finally found it. The third, the third fielder, looks a little different than the other two, also, just just a little bit. Um, okay, let's get into some other fun weird stuff that's happened this week, because I don't know, base baseball weirdness is without without fail going to sustain the topics of conversation that go on because there's always something that we never thought we would be talking about. Like some of these other things, yeah, no hitter, sure. Slow start to a season, yeah, that's that's big headline news, right? These are the things that we would have never anticipated talking about. So let's start with the, the Washington-St. Louis game. Uh, just tonight, Monday night, as of recording this. So early on in the game, a fan gets a home run ball out to left center, drops it in the first row of the bleachers into this well behind the wall where it's unreachable. He botches it. And in his frustration, tosses the glove, throws the hat down. The Cardinals announcers are laughing at him. The guy's just having a rough time. And it's, and it's only the second inning at that point or something. Uh, later in the game, has a shot at redemption an absolute missile hit out to the same part of the park. Doesn't even have to move a step. Just standing right where he is, sticks the glove up, makes the catch, and he, he's got his redemption. What are the what are the chances of that, getting two home run balls hit to you in a game and the second one being after he has... He makes the error, right? It's just a baseball saying. You know, when, when after you make an error... The ball just finds you, right? You know that everything after that's gonna get hit to you. That's that's how you see what you're made of. Uh, so that was that was a perfect example of that. 
not so much a topic of discussion, just something that was really weird. I mean, neither none of you have had a home run ball hit to you ever, right? Much less twice in only a game. Only in BP. In BP, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's different. I've only yeah. given up home runs. Uh, yeah. I I really hope that I would be able to. I don't bring gloves to the game. I'd hope I'd be able to catch a ball if I ever got one in a big league park, wouldn't you? Do you think you could do it? I mean, with the amount of room that he had, he had all he had all the room to move in, move back, just track the ball. Um, I I would hope if I was in his situation, uh, and I would be able to catch it. But at the same time, just catching that home run and BP that hurt, and uh, I mean, who knows? I I did catch it on the fly though, so I think I can do it. Okay, okay. So you've you've been there, you've done it. Uh, what remains to be seen for for me anyway. So. I believe in you. You know someone else who's caught a lot of home run balls? Zach Hample. And uh, <laughs> people have very mixed takes on the kind of profession that he that he pursues, uh, specifically hunting for baseballs in MLB stadiums. For content, to be fair. It's not like he's out there just to be a, a douche. He makes his living by creating YouTube content and other content around that. And it's, it's fun. It's, it's, he makes decent videos. Like he's not a, he's not a bad hearted guy, but you know, it's, it's easy to call him out as the kid that's pushing kids out of the way for home run balls and, uh, breaking into closed military ballparks to, uh, to have a shot at getting a, a ball from every park in the game. Make your decisions however you want. As a fan of, as a fan of the game, as just a fan of, general comedy seeing zach hample run down the stairs for a home run ball at the phillies game tonight they were playing san francisco brandon belt hit one out to right field he jumps down or runs down the stairs jumps over the first row of seats to try to get to the home run ball first and completely eats it going over the seats on camera the announcers are like oh see it him go down that's satisfying. I don't care how, what you think about Zach Campbell. Like, I, I, do do either of you take issue with Zach Campbell at all? Like, is was it especially no. satisfying to see him just just eat it live on the broadcast? I think one of the things with Zach is I I watch his videos. I mean, it's it's fun to see the things that he's able to do at a baseball game where uh, he catches balls. He he passes them off to pe- um, little kids after he, uh, after uh, after he gets his first one of the day. I think being having watched a bunch of his YouTube videos made that even like funnier for me, just because everything he seemingly does in his YouTube videos is like he's smooth. He catches the ball. He's like he knows how to maneuver himself throughout a baseball stadium. Jump overs jump over bleachers, move himself through fans. Um, but sometimes you obviously, everyone falls or slips or um, stumbles. And it was just funny to watch. Um, I'm glad he's okay. He tweeted yeah. out. A couple, he's couple he's fine. He's he, fine, he, by he, the He's way. doing fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rudy, you, you like Zach Campbell? Indifferent? Who? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. That that's a fair take too. Uh, all right, 
weird home run fan stuff there to start. Uh, a couple other things that I'll mention. The Braves called up a career minor league infielder, Sean Kazmar Jr., who had last played in the majors in 2008. That's that's not a real year, right? That's so That's so long ago. There's no way. Well, 36-year-old Sean Kazmar Jr. made his way back up. I think he promptly grounded into a double play. Not the not the best outcome for for an otherwise very heartwarming at bat. But you know, cool story nonetheless. I, I, there's no way anybody's ever had that big of a gap, right, between major league appearances or or has well, I actually sure don't know. Someone's had. That's a long time. That's a long time. But, you know, cool story nonetheless. Uh, he's, he's, not, he's not, like, taken over for the Braves or anything either. It, career minor league for a reason, I guess, but still really cool. Um, what else we got? Major League Baseball players can smoke weed, but can't be sponsored by weed companies. If you didn't know that, now you know. It was a headline, <laughs> as a headline today. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that. I, I probably would have assumed <laughs> that they would still get drug tested and, and rung up on that one, but um, I guess that's good. Why not the weed companies, though? I don't even know. What's Is that, like, where they draw the line? Like, no, we, you, you're allowed to smoke it, but you can't, you're, you can't promote this to impressionable teens yeah. who, who might want it. Like, okay, I guess. Can they can they even be sponsored by alcohol or cigarette companies? I, I actually don't know. Uh, well, the teams can for sure have deals with alcohol companies. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't think so. Can individual players promote alcoholic beverage is an interesting question. I mean, Trevor Bauer was a huge on Budweiser. I don't know if I that think was, he was like sponsored. the Reds. But I, I also think that could be him being personally sponsored by... Budweiser. I think he was actually. That's uh, a good call there. Now that you mention it, yeah, yeah. All right, so that answers that I mean, sort of. Trevor Bauer also called Justin Turner safe when he tripped over a bag catching a ball for him. So that he's 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 a guy who gives you a lot of different perspectives. I think on the world it says a lot about a person, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm I'm liking. You know what? Subscribe to Trevor Bauer. We're throwing that one in there too. He's he's putting out mm. in season vlogs. Which are again like not you know it's still kind of pandemic season but not like do not endorse his content necessarily it is anything but entertainment though to be clear it, they're good they're good vlogs like he's he gives you, he gives you a lot of inside looks at uh at what players are doing that you just don't ever really get D- despite what you think of him uh he's he's given the access I don't know why we're so compelled to to plug Trevor Bauer a lot. But, you know, Farbode said it best. Uh-huh. Subscribe to Trevor Bauer. Um, let's. <laughs> oh, one more, one more weird thing. Actually, two more weird things. So Tim LaCastro, you know him, you love him. He's the fastest man alive for the Diamondbacks. Finally got caught stealing. I think it was twenty nine in a row to start 29. his career that he did not get caught stealing, and then he got caught. Now it's n- now now it's. There's no more excitement, right? Anytime he steals a base, it's like, ah, he, he doesn't have the, you know, he's not 
pushing the record anymore. Well, why do I care? Well, he still is the fastest fastest player in the league. Best base dealer in the league. That I guess that's fun. And, uh, yeah. And, oh, okay, one last thing. Apparently, on Fangraphs.com, you should probably be familiar with it by now, baseball stats, stats site, uh, if you search for a player URL that doesn't exist, it just directs you to Mike Trout. They're trying to, <laughs> they're trying to spread the good word of the Lord and Savior Mike Trout to the rest of the baseball community, best they can. Uh, that's one way to do it. I, I know I can get mesmerized by Mike Trout stat sheets, career stat lines. Uh, as much as the next guy, so that's one way to to direct site traffic. So yeah, let's wrap up our show. That was all the weird stuff to to talk about. Uh, not a whole lot of discussion coming from it. More just just a lot of fun little things. So this one though, we will share our weekly. You know we're gonna try to make this a weekly thing. Our weekly overreactions. If we have only ever watched baseball since what april 12th of 2021 <laughs> and knew nothing else what kind of what kind of reactions what kind of takes would we have from from just this sample of baseball and i'll start with rudy i think i stole his mm. last time so i want to make sure he gets mm. his on this one don't steal mine yeah i, w- I was thinking like you know i was someone who was calling the uh calling back the hype train on Vlad Grow Jr. I think I was really kind of in the camp of like, you know, uh we overshot with our rev- revelatory nature of pro- proclaiming him, you know, the next Vlad Guerrero, honestly. <laughs> and he definitely struggled last year and his rookie year was definitely uh, good, but I wouldn't say it was particularly, you know, revolutionary. And I think, you know, he said, fuck you, Alex Rudy. I'm going to show you who's boss. And he's done that this year. And I think, uh, I think we mentioned maybe on a previous podcast that he started playing first base full time last season. I think going forward, that seems to be the correct transition. And, you know, basically all his stats are just way up and he's killing it and he's kind of really proving himself to be um worthy of the hype and you know he's still only 22 22 years old so uh there's a long long way to go him and farbode might be the two best 22 year olds that i know oh thank you (laughs) thanks for the plug um if y'all know it was my birthday um so for me, that's that's a great one, Rudy. Uh, Uwe, if you have anything to add to that no. before I move on. He's not, right. not a For top me, 100 player to us, apparently. Don't yeah, we look dumb. Exactly. Don't we look dumb. Since 2015, we mentioned one prominent base sealer in Tim LaCastro. Um, you guys might know where I'm going with this. Since 2015, Albert Pujols has been the best base sealer in baseball and this isn't statistically necessarily driven this is uh an overreaction that's why it's in this segment he is 13 of 13 
and he just uh, tonight he uh, set the he's the oldest player to steal a base while playing first base in the game since Julio Franco in 2007 when Franco was 48 years old. Um, what yeah. the heck? Julio yeah. Franco is playing first base <laughs> as a 48 year old. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, Fool, Albert Fools was part of a double steal that lucked him into uh, a stolen base this year. He has not been caught since uh, September of 2015. He's 13 of 13 in that time. So I think we can just proclaim him um, the last half decade's best base stealer in baseball. Yeah, for a second, I thought you had said that Albert Pools is 13 for 13 stolen bases this season, <laughs> which would be otherworldly. I would Dude, have questions. I, he's he's ranked, if not the slowest, among the slowest, like in just sprint speed and all that, all those metrics for like his speed. But every year, it seems like one or two times he just. He's he has that baseball IQ where he knows he knows the pitcher is just not gonna care about him at first base, so he's just like, yeah, I'm just gonna like jog over there and or like maybe that's his sprint speed, but mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and see what happens. And he he's he's done it in the past. Like tonight was obviously off a double steal, but like there's sometimes that he ends up stealing a base just because he knows the catcher and, and pitcher aren't going to pay attention to him. He's he's like a ninja. That one you, you got to keep an eye on him. Speaking of base dealers. You know the past the past week of baseball, which is all I know. Uh, the the top guy on this list would be be Whit Merrifield, right? Makes sense. Oh, joining him right there, Manny Machado, notorious base dealer, speedster with four stolen bases in in the last week. Would you Would you look at that? Uh, what else What else is new? Jazz Chisholm, I I guess is as good as Ronald Acuna Jr. based on Fangraphs war. That's that's you, cool. I guess the the Marlins won the trade in which they traded the Diamondbacks' current ace Zach Gallen. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, I guess, was better. We were wrong. We were wrong, everybody. He homered he, off Jacob he's a Degrom. Confident individual. He he's, is the. He, uh, he is also the, the Chris Rose rotation, and he basically was like, "Yep, my goal is to like be MV MVP. My I'm trying to make the Hall of Fame. Like that's that's the only reason I'm playing baseball." And, there are people out there, but I've never really seen a rookie come up and say anything but like happy to be here, ready to get to work, ready to get better, like stuff like that. Um, it's kind of refreshing, actually. Yeah, he he's a cool dude, and I I read this. I I've not done my due diligence fact checking myself, but he homered off of Jacob Degrom, which in it, he did. in it of itself is quite the feat. He's the first player to homer off DeGrom in an 0-2 count on an 0-2 pitch. <laughs> Just turned around a 100-mile-an-hour fastball above the letters and sent it way out. The rest, of the, Mar the rest of the day, Marlins didn't touch anything. Jacob DeGrom is ridiculous. He, he accounts for he is so Jacob fun. DeGrom's uh, one earned run so far throughout up through three starts and 20 innings pitch good lord man jacob degrom okay i uh, jacob degrom right now is worthy of fangirling like no other if you are not watching every pitch from jacob degrom you should be like he is he is that 
in in sync right now. He uh, he mm-hmm. last week struck out nine batters in a row against the Rockies at Coors Field, and uh, was one away from the tenth and the tenth batter there. Uh, hit a ground ball to second base and McNeil threw it away, and he ended up giving up three unearned runs in that inning. Yep. So yeah, uh, he got metzed pretty hard. They ended up winning the game though. He is he is on a different plane of existence right now. And I'm yeah, if you want if you want to watch total domination or the art of pitching, it's this man. There's no one else you should watch than Jacob Degrom. He's insane. He's 33. He's his velocity is still going up. He's throwing like 101, just like regular casually. And I mean, obviously, all that's everything about him and his stuff is just insane. But his command is beautiful. I I've, there's no one that's been able to combine all of those and as well as him and it's definitely showing that in how good he is hopefully mm-hmm. the Mets learn how to score or like not be the Mets I when, uh, I really hope pitches. so too I really hope so too um yeah I think that is that is about where we're going to wrap up our podcast for today thank you everybody for sticking around to this point if you did actually you know what if you did here's one more fun Fun thing that happened in the last week. Sunday night baseball, Braves and Cubs, Anthony Rizzo chasing Freddie Freeman down, mic'd up, <laughs> yelling yelling his first name like he's his mother, and he and he's in big trouble. Frederick! Both of them just laughing their butts off going down down the baseline. It that it's so much fun, man. I I love those two. Uh yeah. That is it for today though. Thank you everybody for sticking around this long if you did and uh if you enjoyed make sure to rate comment and subscribe to our podcast so you know when we upload new ones if you want to connect with us on social media at beat the shift bp twitter facebook instagram that's the place to do it we want to hear we want to hear from you guys who's listening what do you guys want us to talk about just say hi i don't know whatever and Make sure you check our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com, where all our podcasts, articles, anything else, it's all there. So make sure you uh, keep that one in the front of your mind, too. All right, that is it for today. Thank you, everybody, one last time. As always, Farbode. Peace.